0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Not a Clone Podcast. I am your host, Bahomi Fawahimi. I believe everybody should have the opportunity to live a more spiritual and individual life. This podcast is an outlet where we bring different people on the show, and we have different topics that will help you realize what you can do to make your life more meaningful. Today's episode is titled Intention, and I did it with one of my good friends from undergrad, Mr. Joseph Facinda. Before we dive into this episode, I want to mention that we are at NAC Podcast on Instagram. We have meaningful content there, posting a spiritual quote every single day that will pop up in your feed and give you a little more inspiration than what you had before. So go ahead and check that out on Instagram. We are also in your local podcast players, the Not A Clone Podcast. Please subscribe and please, please mention this podcast to anyone you think will get more meaning out of it or if they just want a good listen on their car ride to work to school whatever now we are going to start the podcast i hope you enjoy this episode of not a clone up to these days um
1: well i'm out in california now i graduated i literally drove past texas tech to drive on to i just kept going actually i like picked up my diploma drive through and kept driving all the way to california
0: um and so now i'm living in sacramento okay i was i noticed i'm like that's not his car out there oh no that's not his cars car is in california well, because my car is in california so, okay. <laughs> Still rocking the Mustang? Of course I'm rocking the Mustang. Dude. The as fact, long as I as The long fact, as fact I that do. it made it all the way to California,
1: man. Yeah, and it's it's it was it was my first car. And it was my sister's car before that. So somehow it survived both of us. Wow. Don't know how that happened. Okay. Here
0: well, we are. Their own, I guess. It's still kicking. Alright, that's cool. Well today, talking about intention. Intention's behind the things we do in our lives. Attention behind our jobs, mm-hmm. where we stay. What well, we studied in school, you know, this stuff's. Um, well, we're both in the field of music, you specifically in composition. Yeah. And that's what you're getting your master's in, right? I'm getting, uh, I'm technically a PhD student in composition and theory. What? Yeah. So you're going to be Dr. Vicenda. I'll be Dr. Vicenda. Dude, that's awesome. I'll be the second Dr. Vicenda after my cool. mother. All right. So why did you choose your specific field of work, I meaning composition?
1: M- meaning composition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, composition. Well, We can talk about music first. It's, well, it's, it's, we can talk about music rap. first, and then we
0: can do composition. Do you have like
1: a chaise lounge in here? Because I have, I, you can be my therapist for a little bit. <laughs> okay. uh, well, it all started when I was born. No, uh, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no oh, I, uh, my sophomore year of high school, I was like, you know, you know what sounds like fun? I'll be a band director. That sounds like fun. Um, and nobody, uh, loved me enough to tell me, no, you won't make any money doing that. Um, <laughs> so I, I decided, okay, I'm going to go to Texas Tech cause I had met David Shea. Um, and I was like, yeah, this, this is, this is pretty great. Uh, I'll get to study with David Shea. He's a really, he's a really great guy. And, um, on a whim, I was just like, I, I have a composition that I wrote. I'll just apply to be a composer. No big deal. Um, And so I applied, and they were like, yeah, no, come be part of our composition studio. And, I mean, the rest is is really history. After that, I I just decided to be a double major. I started composing more. My first year, I didn't do anything, because that's what you do as a freshman. You basically just eat. Um, Gain that freshman 15. It was more than that for me, but yes. (laughs) Um, No, uh, it was... My freshman year, I didn't do a lot. I wrote like maybe two things, and then after that, I started writing way more um, and just really getting into it. So, yeah, it sort of happened by accident.
0: Okay. <laughs> which which
1: um, cool. undermines
0: the whole premise of the question, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, what are, I mean, but what are your intentions behind composing? what are your? Oh right. You know? uh,
1: I, it, the the beginnings aside, after I after I started, everything was incredibly filled with intent it was much more i was much more focused i was making sure that i was uh going through things properly i made sure that i went to workshops i made sure that i um wrote as much as possible for people around me um and wrote for large ensembles that not large uh big name ensembles that came to texas tech um, and sort of just started building that way uh being very uh intentional with what i was doing i had a wonderful teacher mei fong lin who um was also uh, she's very much in that same vein where if you're going to do something, you do it the right way. You do uh, you do one thing at a time. You focus on the problem. You make the problem better. If you are focused too much in one area um, for too long, maybe flip your uh, flip your focus somewhere else and and look at doing something else for a little bit. Uh, but but ultimately returning and and whatever you find interesting, being authentic and intentional with it.
0: Oh, okay, so. Is Doctor Lin the person who accepted you into the theory? Technically, Peter thing? Fisher. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was about to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. I think. I think they both get got the decision when they're when they were both there. Um. So yes, <laughs> but then Doctor Lin like took you under her wing after that. Yeah. Wing. So we see this this under this undermines it again at the end of the year at the end of the first year we were all like oh who are you going to study with are you going to study with Doctor Fisher or Doctor Lin. And, uh, I was like, you know, I, I actually don't have a strong preference either way, <laughs> so I'll, I let everybody else decide, and I got stuck with Dr. Lin, who I adored. Like, stuck I stuck. I, yeah, in air quotes. Sc- in <laughs> okay. air quotes. Big, yeah, big air quotes stuck with. Yeah. Um, I had the, the amazing fortune of studying with her. She's one of my favorite people of all time. But then, um, she moved. She did. Right? She moved, uh, she was originally from Taiwan, and she moved back there, um, to be with her family. because uh, it's it's really important with her to be with her family and absolutely she should be. Um and she's also widely respected uh in Taiwan. Dishing, huh? um, awesome. I mean she she enjoyed a lot of a lot of stuff here but in America but um she's
0: she's uh one of many big fish here. Yeah. I mean I never had her as a teacher. Uh she uh she subbed for Doctor Martin's when he was out. And when Dr. Mm-hmm. Martin's was my theory teacher, and you know, we know all those people with a perfect pitch, and like, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like, no, you're right, yeah, yeah, but like, you know, she's so humble about it. She'd be in class, and then yeah. she'll just start singing through like some of the stuff on the page. And I'm just like, how is she doing this? Like, <sharp inhale> <laughs> it's crazy.
1: I mean, you realize that's people how people feel around you, right?
0: Oh yeah, the audience. <laughs> I also have perfect pitch, but I don't like to broadcast that to everybody, which is
1: understandable. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. That's I, that's that's honestly, though, I think the way most people view perfect pitch, though, is is that like you can read everything in a score, and she she's amazing like that. She would sit, she would be able to sit down at a piano like Nadia Boulanger style, um, and sit at the piano and be able to read through a score. She's amazing
0: see but here's the thing with me i could do that it'd have to be a whole c score though because you know all the yeah. transpositions i'm still trying to get used to like yeah. all that stuff but i'm like, like oh like trans- pro- tra- after i transpose i'm like oh, okay it's this that's an experiential thing yeah. i mean a- after you do it m- enough yeah exactly like today i was subbing for french horn class and I'm, I'm playing piano <laughs> while reading French horn music, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And you realize you're playing a like a major second up, and you're like, oh
1: no, I'm sorry, I transposed the wrong direction. That yeah. happens to me all the time with French horn oh, specifically.
0: Man. Oh gosh. Okay, so um, another question. What does an intentional life look to you? And I know that basically, I mean, that that's depends on the person yeah. you are and the values that you hold, yeah. but... What, what do you think? on that? So
1: for me, an intentional life is, um, well, first of all, it's, it's, it's more worth living than a, than an unintentional life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I have to get out my thoughts now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so deep. Yeah. As I'm pouring water. <laughs> um, no, I was thinking about this, uh, the since you since you talked to him since you said that this was what we were going to be talking about and for me uh, intent seems like something that has to go really deep in your life yeah for me for me it seems necessary even um, it has to go really deep in your life where everything that you do you're doing with intent you're doing your homework with intent um, you're doing regular work with intent you're doing uh, your job with intent you're having relationships with intent, you're saying things with intention, Um, it it sort of has to permeate all of those acts of our life, especially because you think about the opposite. You think about somebody who's not doing anything with intent. To me, the epitome of that is like the person who's um, sitting on a couch, watching television, playing a game on the computer... Um, texting three friends and also checking facebook at the same time like they're they're not doing any of those things with intent that is the world of multitasking yeah. in the 21st century <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what everybody does right like at the end of the day we all we all come home and we're like oh, i don't want to do anything so we sit on the couch and we do about seven different things <laughs> all at the same time um with very little intent in each of them and i think that's a useful distraction but in terms of in terms of getting work done, I think we carry a lot of that over into our into our work, where we'll or our relationships, where we'll be talking with somebody and we'll be on the phone, or we're having dinner with our family and somebody's checking Instagram, or um, we're playing a board game and one person is bored because that's what happens when you play board games and they're <laughs> yeah. checking uh, they're checking Reddit or something, um, and we we do these things all the time, and I it's it's something that used to really, really bother me. Like I would get angry about it. Um the it, fact that people were doing it or the fact that you were doing it yourself. Or both. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> both. Yeah. Um, the, the the fact that other people would do it would bother me more because I, I like to think that I used to please myself better on it. I've probably gotten a little bit worse about it. <laughs> but um just just making sure that if you're if you're going to be in a moment, be in the moment. Um, do things with intent and you'll enjoy those things more, especially when it comes to things like relationships. Relationships, like the intention is so important because it shows people that you care. If you, you could, you could say the exact same thing in the exact same way to your significant other. And if you're on your phone, it's read one way. And if you're off your phone, it's read an entirely different way. And it's the same thing like with eye contact. Eye contact, like, means intent. Um, so it's I don't know living an inten- an intentional life is is so important to me just because of those reasons it it makes it makes other people take you more seriously it helps you take yourself more seriously and plus like doing things with intent doing one thing at a time um instead of those seven separate things uh you can get that one thing done quicker you get a little serotonin bump from doing that one thing um and that sort of gets you through the next thing gets you to start the next thing and then do the thing after that and um, each serotonin bump gets you a little bit more drive to continue to be productive and you know enjoy life. And yeah,
0: I have something to say about relationships. Because yeah, I just brought up a bunch of other stuff. But before I said, explain the serotonin thing just for people who don't understand. Michael.
1: Okay, so uh, like when you complete something, this happens for me a lot as a creative. Like I, I'll get bogged down in a project. Um, it's really important to to uh, break up tasks specifically for this reason. Um, when you when you complete something, when you set that goal and you finish it. Uh, you get, like, a sort of little pep lobby in response where your brain is like, oh, I like that you did that. Good job. Like, you're not a terrible human. You didn't just <laughs> yeah. sit on the couch all day today and text four friends. Um, Tru- tr- True words have never been said. So, <laughs> 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 so this, that's the sort of, like, little serotonin bump. Mm-hmm. It might be dopamine. I'm not sure. It's it, We, we kind of like know what we're talking yeah. about. It's all right. It's okay.
0: I, I did the chemistry once. Yeah. So like on the topic of relationships, Mm -hmm. I know specifically, I mean, high school, I mean, relationships are like, you know, like they're not really, there's intent behind them, but not like the true intent when you're older and wiser Mm and you actually know what you want. But in college, for example, you know, there are so many people either just like going to parties and meeting people Mm -hmm. on a whim and they're just doing all these willingly things. There's like, oh, hey, you you want to hook up? And then they do. And then it's like, oh, hey, are we together? And I'm like, I don't know. And then people try to figure out what their actual intentions are. Yeah. But then there's so many relationships that I know in college, you know, they're together for like a couple of weeks and then the intentions are just like, oh, these were the real intentions before. It's like, oh, I just wanted to be with someone for X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. And then they kind of just trash them to the side. So it's just like, I guess you have to be at a certain level of maturity to understand what you really want. And then there are... I, I, I'm I certain that there are people out there who know what their intentions are in the first place, but they ignore them mm-hmm. just for the sake of having a good time. Yeah.
1: I think that's absolutely fair. I actually... I, I was just back in a college town um, in Texas uh, this past weekend where I got to see a lot of uh, people who went out um, just intending to have a, a good night out. like it was pre-graduation. it was the day before graduation, so they were just celebrating somebody um, getting the graduation. <laughs> I saw um, several people who whose intention was to just go out and have fun. I mean, sure, making out with people might be might be their definition of fun. it's just it was something that blew my mind. was watching people who uh, could like walk up to somebody. Meet them for the first time and be like, I wanna make out with you right now for an extended period of time in this like in this club. I do not understand
0: that. That bewilders me. You see and here's the thing, is it takes two to tango. Oh, yeah. So this person could just be like, Yeah, I wanna do this and then the other person's just like, Okay And then it just happens. Right. And you're just like, What?
1: Yeah, but that's that's sort of the like the go with the flow, not being intentional, not intending anything by it. Um just the, if the intention is to have fun, I guess you've you've succeeded. But uh, that seems kind of vague to say it's an intention. Um, it seems like they need to be a little bit more
0: uh, discreet and precise mm. yeah. than just,
1: I'm going to uh, have
0: fun. Yeah, exactly. And this like, goes into my next question, which is, mm-hmm. have you personally ever been... Like, involved in something with the wrong intentions at the beginning, and then did it change over time? Or you realize, oh, I had bad intentions, you just kind of backed out
1: from it. Ooh, that's a hard question to answer, isn't it? (laughs) The question is basically, were you ever a bad person for a little bit, and then you realized? (laughs) I mean, if you want to reword it that way, I made the question sound nice. No, right? You're (laughs) right. You did make it sound nice. Um... Did I ever go into anything with bad intentions and then realize part of the way... Run, run this by me again. Ask me this question again. Okay, so let me, let me let's go.
0: say Give me some time. you were involved mm. in something, like anything in the world, some sort of event. You you joined a class. You, you met somebody. You were around a specific group of people, like whatever. And you went in with specific intentions that... I mean, I guess you didn't know that they were wrong at the time, Mm -hmm. but then at some point you did realize that they were the wrong intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you back out from that situation because you knew you had the wrong intentions, or did you change the situation to better yourself so that you were doing it with good intentions? See, I feel like this is a
1: hard question to answer specifically because I rarely, when I go into something with a specific intention, do I feel like that intention... Was incredibly wrong. I feel like it's when I go into something without having thought about it beforehand. Okay, actually, well, it, okay. No, I can think of one example. I can think of one example. I went into, um, I went into a lesson with a with a prominent composer who I would prefer remain nameless. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. You, <laughs> We've had You know, I think it's, I think it's probably multiple, because it's happened more than once. Oh, really? I should oh, definitely yeah. change it up.
0: Protect the innocent. Uh, no, guilty. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, also, I, I went into a lesson, uh, just like a, just a one minute lesson, so I'm never going to, probably never going to see this person again. Um, and my intent was, um, you're a tonal composer. I'm, it, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you tonal music of mine. Um, so basically, like y- you, you write a lot of approachable
0: music. I'm going to show you my more approachable music. All right. Pause before we keep going. Explain to the listeners the difference between tonal music. Yeah, that's and like, what, that's music. why I reworded. Hey, hey, so yeah. so uh,
1: most most music that people listen to on the radio, all music that people listen to on the radio, <laughs> all popular music is is considered tonal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to explain. <laughs> I mean it it's, is what it, it's like, it, pretty easy to listen yeah, to. Yeah. It's, it's the same one four five one chords yeah, that we exactly. that we hear. And about. it's
0: not obscure. It's just it's common to the human ear because it's been around for a very long time. Yeah. And it's just it's just the normal thing.
1: If a if a if a if a lay person was to go sit at a piano and write music, they would probably be writing tonal music. Yep. Um they might not. They might be really cool. Um <laughs> I just made a big value judgment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um no so essentially, I, I, I think of it uh, is is easier to think about in, in terms of approachable versus not approachable. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. y- if you think about if you think about music that's really hard to listen to, um, that's probably not tonal music. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not talking about like Beethoven. Beethoven's tonal. Yeah. Um, Schoenberg mm-hmm. would be not yeah. tonal.
0: Um, Stravinsky tonal. Stravinsky is by
1: tonal. Yeah. There uh, we so, go. If you really want to get into the, the show, <laughs> um, so uh, I, I went into this lesson thinking, okay, uh, you don't like you don't like this unapproachable music, so I'm going to show you my more approachable music, or you don't write unapproachable music, so I'm going to show you my more approachable music, um, and I don't know. F- for some reason, I've I've equated this with like I was pandering to the composer, um, and so like in pandering, I erred. And they said, um, this is, this is really tonal. Like, this is, are you sure you wouldn't be writing this? Like, in this economy? (laughs) What? Yeah. Uh, and, like, it's, it was, it was a bad time. Um, but I, I came out of that lesson, um, with a very different outlook on, uh, teaching composition. Because I never wanted to have a student experience that at that mm-hmm. that point, yeah. Like uh, a lot of a lot of people say that um, experiences that make teachers like that make students into teachers are either very bad teachers or very good teachers, and I've been fortunate enough to have both. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but these this this particular experience, of these experiences, because I think it happened a second time also. Um, I, I, I realized that really when I in go into a lesson, I should be showing the music that I like, um, the music that I wrote that I like, uh, not just trying to pander. There is, there is the question of um, if you're going into a lesson with somebody who's very well-versed in one particular style of music, or if they're, if, I mean, take it into something else. If you're, if you're going into um, a workshop with somebody who's very well-versed in math, in one particular set of math, like they're, they're into differential equations. Um, you, you're probably going to want to bring your questions about differential equations. You're not going to want to bring mm-hmm. um, your discrete math questions. I don't actually know if discrete math is different from Diffy Q. Um, you're saying more? <laughs> Diffy Q? Differential equations? Differential Okay, just okay. yeah. I out know, I know something, okay? <laughs> um, you, you want to bring specific questions that you, you think the teacher would be better at answering. So there there is sort of that element, and I like to think that that's the intention that I went in with, but um, I'm fully aware that I might have been pandering and trying to get somebody to like me. Um, And I don't actually know which one it was. So I I do worry about, like, uh, I went in with the wrong intention, and so now it has changed the way I approach lessons at this point. Um, If I'm going into a lesson, I want to be authentic. I want to be intentionally authentic. I want to be really myself.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going through the same thing too because I just finished student teaching and I graduated, thank God. I thank God <laughs> every day. Um, so this past week, I was just teaching a bunch of classes. Like some of the directors were gone at the high school and the middle school, so I was just teaching their classes. Mm-hmm. And like all semester long, I, I was in there with the intent of all right, I need to please. This person, yeah, and I need to do these things in order to not screw myself up so I can't graduate. Mm-hmm. And it was funny the minute I had the piece of paper that I got, like, paid thousands of dollars for a piece of cardstock. <laughs> so I'm get it, yeah, it, it, it's in my room, and I'm super grateful. It's awesome, it has my name spelled correctly. I can't oh, complain, wow, I know good. all 34 letters, so I'm, 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 I'm happy about that. But this past week was different, I mean. I still had that intent of I, I gotta prove myself and I, I got a lot to learn I got a lot to do but at some point as I'm teaching like a piece like I'm reading through a piece I'm reading is we're doing Hounds of spring by oh, to read fun. yeah we we're reading it with the second band and like halfway through I was just like I'm doing this <laughs> and that's awesome I and the kids are digging it and I'm digging it too and I'm I'm here for the kids right my intention like it just changed like on the spot I'm like I'm, I'm here for the kids. And, I mean, I told myself that all for, for, like, the entire student teaching experience, but there were definitely times where I was just like, yeah, I'm definitely just doing this to please somebody mm-hmm. so that they can, like, um, dot the I's and cross the T's and put their signature on it so that they can say, this guy's somewhat adequate. Right. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I had the exact same experience during my student teaching where um, there were there were days where um, I went in sort of without intention. Of course, those were the bad days. Yeah. Um, those are the days that I remember for being bad. Yep. Um, some of them turned into okay days. Uh, there are the days where I went in with the intention of pleasing um, a teacher or uh, my supervisor. And then there are the days where I went in with the intention of, of helping the kids. Um, and easily the days where I was focused on helping the kids were the best. Um, there's just sort of... It's, it's that relationship... Intention that we were talking about earlier, where if you if you are giving them the attention and you're being really authentic, there's there's something that sort of gels and clicks in those moments where you're being exactly. authentic. The 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 students really check in with you because you're being uh, real with them, uh, and that that sort of intention you you just can't you can't teach that
0: true intention comes from authenticity yeah yeah really that's good. a good that's a good quote right there yeah hey man you know you, you, you've been you, doing this for a while yeah huh? man you just you say stuff and then things just come out and you're like oh wow that was profound yeah so i'm gonna profound. go back and am to myself i'm like what i didn't say that That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool all right um final question um how can our intentions make us more unique like from the people around us this is a
1: this is a question that I had to think about quite a bit, and the answer that I landed on is a little circuitous so i don't I don't know that intentions inherently make people different from one from other people. I think the things that go into having intentions m- separate us from other
0: people. Mm,
1: Um, And that's the, that's the general us. That's not like me and you. I'm not like, I'm not sitting here in my, in my fat cat suit, struggling, struggling my cat saying, no, we're so much better than those, those plebeians. No. Um, The, the desire to live with intent and to act with intent um, sort of necessitates the desire to get better. Um, I think, I think fundamentally when you act with intention, what what you're really doing is you're, you're being present. You know that you want to improve something. Um, it's 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 a group of desires that are all really healthy and positive, and they the the group of desires sort of comes before intention. I think we see intention sort of as a result of these desires, but I think I think what really separates uh, what separates a lot of people are the desire to improve themselves or the. Contentment with con- contentness, con- contentity of of being who they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, there there are a lot of people who are who are just content with who they are. Yeah. Um, and and I'm really happy for those people. Some of them might have been intentional people who like achieved their goals. I'm really happy for those people. I don't think that's true for everybody. I think a lot of people are just sort of muddling through. Um, and they just they just want to continue their steady state. Um, and then there are other people who want to continually better themselves and improve themselves, and I think those are the people that are usually living with intention. It's something that I see among even my my friends who I love and I think are very smart. Um, I see a lot of them start to idle after a while, and they don't continue to do things with intent and try and improve and do things better and better. Um, and it's it sort of it doesn't it doesn't hurt the friendship. Immediately, but it it can cause cracks to form in the foundations of relationships. I think when one person mm-hmm. is is really trying their best to better themselves, and the other person is really um, content with where they're at. Um, and there's there's something to be said for for being happy with who you are. And I think I think it's important to examine yourself every once in a while and be like, I'm I'm happy with who I am. I can I can get better, but I'm happy with who I am right now. Mm-hmm. Knowing with the frame with the knowledge that in the future I want to get better.
0: So. Don't let your, oh, I'm going to do this again. Do not let your content stray you away from proper intent.
1: Mmm.
0: I was going to fight you on content,
1: but it rhymes, <laughs> so it has to be true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man.
0: Amazing. Okay, so normally, like on this, on this, like, on this part of the podcast, like, I normally like, do, like, devotional stuff, and then yeah. I do a quote and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying, I'm trying to do something different today. So, I found a quote. And I think it's true, but I also liked, I dissected it and Mm -hmm. I was just like, wait a second. Maybe if you think about it this way, then there's another meaning behind it. So I got this quote. His name is Charles F. Glassman. He's a, he's a medical doctor. He um, specializes in personalized patient focused care with an emphasis on wellness and prevention. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the quote saying, when your intentions are pure, so too will be your success which i think is what i think is true but i was thinking about this and can't your intentions not be pure and you can still get success it's not the success you were hoping yeah. for because i do think that there are there's good success and there is bad success yeah so absolutely no
1: yeah like no i actually really like that because it also doesn't it sort of implies that if you have pure intentions you will be successful but it it doesn't actually outright say that so, so you, you, importantly, you can have pure intentions going into something and not succeed, but it, it's saying that all, all pure successes, all successes that are, that are uh, wholly good came from
0: pure intentions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's also even talking about like, let's say your intentions are pure going into something and mm-hmm. you don't get what you want. Mm-hmm. Still think that's success. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I think. I mean, it depends on how broadly you want to define success. I, I, I would have to argue. Okay, um, <laughs> please do. No, go ahead. This is what I'm doing. I mean, if if your if if your goal was to, to have pure intentions, then absolutely you're successful. Um, if your if your goal was to if your goal was more specific, you you might not have gotten it. But I think I think you haven't you haven't wholly lost because you did have those pure intentions, and and you acted in an intentful way and that way you almost definitely got better. You, you did say, let me put it this way. Cause this is like, this is more failure success related. Yeah, I'm not are. gonna, I'm not gonna be able to quote you quote like you do. But um, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's the difference between um, a failure that teaches you something and a meaningless failure. Like we, we see posters. I see, I saw them in elementary schools. So, so much, not elementary school, middle school, so much <laughs> um, over the past couple of years. Um, where it says success is, success is, um, not success, failure is, failure is part of the learning process. It's, mm-hmm. it's a step towards success, but I don't know that that's, that's entirely true. I think there are a lot of failures that we don't think about that don't actually end up breeding success that's true. because you have to act with these pure intentions. If you're acting with pure intentions, even when you fail, you are getting something out of it and that way you
0: have succeeded. know. Yeah. that's true. Man, that worked out real well. It was real good. <laughs> I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, I, I see success as like it's like a double edged sword because I mean, you could be really really great at what you do and you can have all the success in the world, but I mean, that just makes you like dull in the end. If you're succeeding all the time. You're right. Like, and I mean, if you're doing it with pure, pure intentions, that that's great. And like, it's good that you're sticking right. to like the person that you are. But like at some point in your life, you got to tell yourself, all right, well, this is this worth it? Like, mm-hmm. is it worth like having all the, all the success all the time? Which is why, like, it's great to have the failures too, which mm-hmm. makes us more humble as human beings. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think that's, that's so true. And
1: then also... Um, I think that people don't like to talk about it. But there there are those people who who we look at who have like all the success in the world and they've always been a good person. They've always had pure intentions uh from the out, from an outside perspective. And I don't, I people don't tend to like those people for some reason. I don't get that. But I I it, I understand it, but I don't get it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they they I I met uh somebody who didn't like one of our TAs that we had for um for history. She was just an amazing TA. Her husband's a doctor. She has two beautiful kids. Um, she's a lovely human who is getting her doctorate in musicology. And um, I met somebody who was like, I don't like that person. They're, they have too perfect a life.
0: I was like, "What?" Man, I don't think they really understand what that person's going through, yeah, what they've been through in the past to get to where they are right now. It's
1: also a very like, it's a very post hoc view of that person. Like, you're not actually seeing them struggle because they probably struggled to have all of these things. Like, getting into a relationship is is um, I think rarely like an exclusively happy thing. Like, at some point before getting married. In a relationship, you were upset with your significant other. That's yeah. that has to, be yeah, it true. has to be true. If it's not true, that marriage isn't going to last. Um, but those those failures, not necessarily even failures, those those tense moments, I, we could call them failures. They're failures to communicate. Most often, um, really flavor and strengthen the relationship and make it unique and different and good. And when we view those things from the end, we're like, oh yeah, it was perfect the whole time. But, like, viewing it all along, you see that, no, there were failures, there were stresses, there were some cracks, and sometimes the cracks got mended, and sometimes
0: they didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes the relationship even more genuine, you know? Because you could go through, like, an entire relationship with, like, everything being, like, sunshine and rainbows all the time. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like I was telling you, like, with the success, you get bored. Mm -hmm. Like, things are just like, oh, well, I mean, we're together, and everything's cool. Right, you didn't struggle. You didn't go through the hardships. You didn't make it more meaningful in the process because everything was just kind of like, Meh. yeah, exactly. And the same
1: thing is true for, I think, for jobs. Um, if you if you're only ever exceeding at your job, I think it probably gets exceedingly boring. Yeah, um, you have to have those moments, like in the band hall. Uh, if you if you're only ever like making ones at UIL and going to competitions and winning the competitions, um, and you have a really calm band hall, I'm. I'm Curious about what's going on in that band hall, because that sounds like a miracle. Um just like, oh man, do you, you like
0: <laughs> What are you doing to those kids? The competition
1: the competition bands that I see winning, um, they're not I don't I I I, I worry that what I just said uh, <laughs> might might worry some people. Um not to say that like the band directors are abusive in any way but that they they do provide stress for their kids. Oh, absolutely. Which is which is really important. Yeah. um that they experience the stress so that when they're when they're on stage they understand the importance because stress is stress is a good thing. It's it's tiny failures it's this like I, I procrastinated so now I'm stressed out I, I failed earlier so now I'm stressed out but that's going to that's going to get me ready that stress is a, is a good indicator for what's going to happen and
0: I mean we've definitely learned so many lessons from band over the years in terms of like stress because I mean band kids are Normally, most, some of the most well put, normally. Like, I mean, there are <laughs> definitely exceptions, but normally, oh, yeah. like, we're, we're pretty well put together. we understand how a schedule works. We don't understand we have to be somewhere on time. Mm-hmm. We have to have the proper materials. And, I mean, like, because there have been, there were times where sixth grade, sixth grade. <laughs> what happened in sixth I'm just grade? saying, no, I mean, you like, can I just, get like, chase I, lounge like, like, oh, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I mean, but it was just, like, I, you know, I'd forget something one day. Like, I forget, like, my blue book for, mm-hmm. like hour rehearsal or something and like this is like all these sixth graders like ah it's fine and then you know you get reprimanded by the it's like you should have all your stuff you fail for the day xyz and I'm like oh man. and like you know right. I don't like getting in trouble that's just me <laughs> so like I was shook and I was like oh no, I'm never doing this again I don't wanna be held back. so so like till this day I don't forget anything and when right. I do like there is a panic it's in my so body it's yeah. just like what am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna get yelled at And you know nowadays, like I mean I'm twenty two years old and I still feel that way. And yeah. I mean like there'd be days where I was like, Oh I'm sorry I'm like I forgot to do this thing. I forgot to write in an arrangement mm-hmm. for clarinet class. I was like, dude, no problem, man, just do it tomorrow. It's fine. Yeah. And I'm like what? This is foreign to me. What do you mean do it tomorrow? I failed. I didn't meet your expectations. Like what is wrong with me? What I mean, but that, man. but that drive, that stress that you experienced earlier
1: created intention in the rest of your life. Oh, exactly. You now feel that drive exactly. going into projects. Exactly.
0: It's, it was, it was ultimately a good thing to have happened. Yeah, I mean, I and mean, they even tell us like in, in education specifically, it's just like, you feel like you've learned everything you don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, because we learn, I mean, in any profession that we do, we learn from our failures, but in Mm -hmm. education, like, we definitely learn Mm -hmm. from our failures. We learn how to manage different kids properly. We manage... Learn how to manage different parents properly. <laughs> man, dude, the stories I could tell you about parents I had to deal with this semester.
1: Oh man, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, nothing. Okay. Yeah, not, no, not, I, I can't not, wait to hear that later. Yeah, later, <laughs> later, later. No, I and mean, a lot of that, a lot of that comes from uh, just being intentional on in how you're how you're approaching it. But those those stressors are so so important.
0: Exactly. All right, man. Well. Thanks for being here, man. You of have course. you have anything you want to tell the listeners before we sign off? You're beautiful. I'm beautiful. No, you're beautiful. I meant that to the listeners. Oh <laughs> man, oh, you're beautiful too. I mean, you're gorgeous. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Well, okay. We can get on a debate on what 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 means more: beautiful or gorgeous? And they're not synonymous. <laughs> One is definitely stronger than the other. I feel like it's gorgeous. Do you feel differently?
1: I don't know. I feel like you're about to disagree with me.
0: I, I feel like you think beautiful is more important than gorgeous. I don't know, man. Okay. I just, that's what I'm saying. We should have this debate off the air. You're right. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Not A Clone podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe in your local podcast player or listen to any past and future episodes at notaclone.com.